because there has been an emergency. To infinity and beyond. I thought my jokes were bad. The force will be with you. Always. We're just like Kevin Bacon. Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast, everyone. My name is Dwayne, and today we have episode 92 of the Cinemania World Show. This is a show we talk all things movie and television news. I am joined by some special guests. From the Cinemania World team, first things first from the box office beatdown show, we have Larry. Larry, hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. Doing all right. Love seeing those Kong versus uh, Godzilla streaming numbers coming in high. It's all good. I know. I'm super excited. I'm happy about the Chunky Boys, you know, bringing in the box office and stuff. And we are also joined from the Cinemania World team, uh, the Film Posers podcast from the Cinemania World show. We have Josie. Josie, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. And also very happy that Godzilla and Kong are single-handedly saving cinema. Seriously, though, who would have thought? I mean, it's been great. Uh, Josie, did you end up seeing it again or did you uh, watch it a, watch it at home again on HBO Max? I did watch it again on HBO Max with my mom. <laughs> she was like, Godzilla's a bully. And I'm like, yes, this is my agenda. <laughs> God. Also, you're, are you Team Kong? You kidding me? I am Team Kong. Oh. Again, I think you should know by now. I, I like to create <laughs> chaos. <laughs> Oh man, I know. Oh, but it was a fun movie. I thought they handled it pretty well. I mean, you get what you want. Yeah, my mom is my mom is Team Kong as well. It's ridiculous. I have no idea what's going on. But it's because they made all, him so sympathetic. Yeah, she was getting all pumped when when they were doing the scene where Kong has to get on the locks to fight Godzilla, and she started like clapping. I'm like, what are you doing? I was just <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> No, I was like, no, this ain't the way. You're supposed to like be you're supposed to hate Kong. You're supposed to Man, why did why did they make Godzilla the villain most of the movie? I didn't like that. Uh, Chunky no, boys, haters. So. <laughs> All right, everyone. We have a lot to get into today. We are going to be discussing uh that Warner Brothers article from I think it was Variety. And uh, you know, I think it was Ray Fisher opened up a little bit about, you know, everything going on. And then we'll get into uh the trailers that all played out throughout the week and the weekend. And I think we'll talk about the SAG Awards as well. Uh, winners and losers. So first things we'll talk about is we'll get into the biggest story from the week so far. And that is the uh, Warner Brothers debacle from an article that I think it was. Uh, they were just, he, It was a Ray Fisher interview and he was just opening up about some things regarding jeff johns and and uh you know joss wheaton so i will go right to josie to give us more on what happened yes so it was with the hollywood reporter and it's being described as an expose with uh ray flicker directly and it just starts describing how back in like around June 2020, Ray Fisher accused Joss Whedon uh, through Twitter of gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable behavior on the set of Justice League. Since then, the actor, known for his betrayal of Cyborg within the film, has called out the director and Warner Brothers through social media and interviews for racist behavior and a cover-up of said behavior. So it was, again... 
as I mentioned to you earlier, it was a chunky article. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just to break it down, um, some of the items noted in the article were basically that Fisher was more involved in the process when Snyder was at the helm, considering that Snyder did recognize that it was basically white people behind the picture and they wanted Fisher's input as much as possible when it came to um, portraying a black superhero on the screen. So he was definitely more involved when Snyder was at the helm, which explains why when Whedon came into place, he was basically moved aside. Um, Fisher always also talked about how a lot of the story that we do see in the Snyder cut was taken out in the first film and how it affected him and how he presented himself on the set especially um his disagreement with the use of the um catchphrase booyah in justice Mm -hmm. league because for him it it didn't make sense in the context and even though sure it was used in teen titans for the character it wasn't really in the comic so he didn't find it necessary so there was a lot of back and forth between that and it did cause a lot of friction between him and whedon and jeff johns yeah, I uh, th- it was so I-, I read this and um, I read a little bit of it. I didn't read the whole thing because, like you said, it's a lot. Uh, but I was just re- I-, I I read pretty much the 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 main points from the article and just what went on uh, behind you know on set and stuff like that. It's just so uh, it's so sad because I do believe uh, Ray Fisher. I know there's people who are just like, oh, uh, we don't have proof or something like that but like so many people besides ray fisher have come out to kind of give their support and and actually kind of side with what a lot of the things that he was saying that well that he said and then even one of the writers for uh one of the people who were who wrote the script like the new script uh you know he was he was tagging along with uh ray fisher with a lot of the things that he was told to write in the article and then uh when you hear someone else came out and talked about how like like gal like gal gadot and her team were just livid at the situation going on behind behind the set and i mean behind the scenes and stuff during the movie so it's just like so many things um so many things that that went went on that we still don't know like you know what's true what what's like what else really happened and stuff and um i just want to get to the bottom of everything that went on because this is just crazy to me and it's also really disheartening because i don't think this is the first time thing at all when it comes to hollywood i think you know especially with the me too movement i think a lot of it's really really sad what goes on behind the scenes with a lot of these major productions and stuff not just this one but it just goes to show that um this hollywood has a really really dark kind of kind of uh background if you you know in front behind all of the uh things that goes on it's just really really sad to see um larry you have any thoughts on what's, what's going on yeah, and I mean, Joss Whedon himself has some uh, dark stuff that was not brought to the actual forefront until mm-hmm. recently, obviously, going back to Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and behaviors and treatments uh, on that set. So it's horrible. I don't know why people, I mean, I do know why to a point, but um, people are trying to discredit Ray Fisher. is just nuts, especially in this case. I mean, Jeff Johns has never, <laughs> who, 
I don't know who has been siding with Jeff Johns this entire mm-hmm. time, even before the Ray Fisher <laughs> thing. It was pretty clear that he was trash. Um, and then with Joss Whedon, I know that, you know, so many of us grew up on Whedon's properties and there's plenty of films that we love more recently, obviously Avengers or Cabin in the Woods or whatever. And I think maybe that makes it harder for people to accept the truth. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. It's pretty clear now the stuff with Gal coming out is just like, mm-hmm. oh God, that's horrible as well. And you, you see it, uh, you see it in his films and people do those side by sides. All of a sudden now we have these upshots of Gal's butt in these shots or, you know, people landing in people's boobs every time he directs a superhero movie a guy is landing in a woman's boobs i mean come on it's it's right there in front of your face Mm -hmm. yeah there's like proof of like him doing it with past films and stuff age of ultron you know it, it it stayed in the cut the theatrical cut as far as you know um Bruce uh, Bruce Banner dropped falling into Black Widow's chest in the movie and stuff, and it's supposed to be like a funny joke. I never laugh at those kind of jokes. I think they're really really silly and like un- unnecessary. Um, and then the same thing. And then even I, I was looking at uh, some quotes regarding the uh, the Gal Gadot situation too, and and how uh, what he was kind of a lot of the things that he was saying to her about her career, and he could make her look dumb in this movie. And stuff like that. It's just so slimy and so gross. And I I have I just don't have any idea how none of this came out earlier as far as, you know, that's why I feel like, you know, it's just Hollywood is just a it's just a lot of it is kind of gross as far as, you know, people being quiet as far as abuse on set and and sexist or race uh, racial comments on set. It's very, very uh, disheartening to see and learn about, you know, when it comes to these big higher ups, because it's not just it's not just people who are on the lower level of these creatives. They're, they're, they're people at the top. And it's it's just really, really it sucks, you know, to see. Um, is there any more from the uh, from the article, uh, Josie, at all? Yeah. So a couple of things that were just said were confirmed in the article, which were more allegations were also raised against Whedon from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and also Sci-Fi's Krypton. And also that Fisher wasn't the only one on set who clashed with Whedon. Sources say all the stars of the film, including Jeremy Irons, had their moments with the writer-director. And Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa also spoke out, other than Fisher. Mm-hmm. And Gal commented, however, that her issues with the writer-director were handled in a timely manner, while um, Fisher has noted that essentially, again, he did call it a cover-up. And if you read the article, it does tell you um, the process of the investigation from his perspective and how he found that people weren't involved with Warner Brothers when they shouldn't have been, considering you are doing an investigation and you are probing a company. And that mostly what it leads you to believe is that... um, Josh Whedon and the people involved with uh, the film and the investigation and everything are basically pushing an angry black man narrative when it comes to Ray Fisher. And there's also the matter brought up of Reggae John Page's auditioning for the role of Superman's grandfather, but John's uh, Jeff John stating that Superman could not have a black gra- grandfather, which also came from that expose article. So 
essentially to summarize this up, no real results have been seen as of yet. It's mm-hmm. been mostly just this came out. People are reading and people are finding out. There have been various accusations, not only from Fisher. So, of course, this isn't just something that affected him. But a lot of, again, he does say that he notices that he is at a disadvantage and they are, in fact, pushing that narrative and, and of him in a negative light. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I, I do hope he doesn't. One of the things I'm worried about when it comes to Ray Fisher and all of this is that Hollywood will blacklist him. And I hope that doesn't happen. Um, I'm glad he got I'm glad he got his moment to shine in um, Zack Snyder's Justice League and stuff. And it was great to see everything that he was able to do. But I think it just speaks volumes as far as for him to come out and be open about a lot of the things that about, you know, what happened, because I, a lot of just, you know, a lot of creatives and directors and writers probably and just producers, uh, you know, higher up producers probably get away with a lot of this kind of stuff on set. Um, and whatnot so I just think um, I also I also want to I also think this is why it's important to have people of color like involved when there's a superhero or just a main one of the main a main character who's also of color because I mean no one can tell me how no no white writer can tell me can tell me about the black lives or something or no like you know it's the same with any other race it's one of my biggest issues even though uh john david washington and zendaya had some credit on the script uh, in the one what i see from malcolm and marie is just a guy who just presume you know presumes that he knows what the black struggle is and no matter how much you're around black people or black black creators you will never know that and that's why i think it's so important to have um, people of color and people of gender and all that stuff on set when that happens, you know? So uh, what's some of your thoughts, uh, Josie, on everything that's going on? Um, as to what you were saying, sometimes something I bring up is that I really wish that Hollywood would implement more sensitivity readers when it came to screenwriting, which is something that it's seem popular like it's a popular aspect of the publishing industry where you have a sensitive sensitivity reader from for example if you have a latinx manuscript you hire a latinx sensitivity reader and they will tell you whether something is accurate or if something is offensive and i think that would be something very nice to implement in hollywood but it's they probably won't for a very long while but it, it does help a lot so i wish they would take into consideration that Again, like, for example, from the Latinx perspective, it's not a monolith. And then, like, with every single race and ethnicity, it's not it's not a monolith. Experiences are different. So it would be nicer if they would stop treating everything if it's just, um, like, two-for-one deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I just, uh, it's, it's, it's all, it's just really sad, you know, everything that's come out. Uh, and I, and I, and... I I know there's people who uh who still are just not buying it, and I don't get how, especially with the amount of support that he's getting from people involved, people on set, and other stars involved as well. So, um, hopefully, the outcome is that uh, we get some justice behind all of this, and we really get some call to action. I know they're still investigating, but when it comes to that studio, I just have no faith. So we'll see yeah. what happens. You know. Um, but you know, I'm. It's also I, I can't rather say that I'm optimistic. Because, 
Go ahead. Yeah, because it's also rather unfortunate because um, he, Ray Fisher, was going to have a role in the upcoming Flash picture, and then he wasn't removed entirely from the film because of um, pay dispute. So I I don't think he's going to be returning as Cyborg in the DCEU for a while, or maybe even ever. Yeah. But hopefully there is a chance in the future, because I think... Sack, uh, the Schneider Cut did a really good job with his character, and I really enjoyed him. He was my favorite part of that film. Yeah, same, same here. So I, um, I, I'm hoping that I'm. I'm also just hoping that uh, that he does. I, I just don't. I just what I what I would hate is that he just never gets any kind of opportunity. Because I think it was just very brave of him to come out and really say the issues of what's going on. And I think a lot of these studios get away with so much. So I like the fact that people are willing to put their careers on the line and really come out and speak out about issues on set, especially when it has to deal with racism and stuff and, uh, and sexism when it comes to Joss, because the things that he was saying to me, it gets me so, and it just gets me so interested to, to hear if anything like this happened on the Avengers set, um, as far as the 2012 or the Age of Ultron set, I know that was kind of a mess, and that's why he never came back for Marvel. But it just gets me kind of really one gets me wondering what went on with those sets as well when it comes to him, you know. So um, I don't know; it just sucks. But um, oh, there okay, was, there was probably something happening, but it, it was probably again swept under the rug. <laughs> swapped under the rug and it i can't imagine anything nothing especially when you hear about what happened with uh you know buffy and stuff like that and then um some of his other early films and whatnot you know i would i would i would be very interested to see if anything happened on on his some of his other sets i presume yeah and stuff um well there was one thing that i think uh the person that came out about the uh, gal Gadot stuff uh he said something about oh i didn't let uh I didn't let Robert Downey Jr. give me like insight. So why would I let you or something like that? And I'm just like, that's just crazy to me, you know? So, um, yeah. So I guess, uh, Larry, you have any other thoughts before we move on to the SAG stuff? No, I mean, it's just it's sad and terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe the people who are coming out, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. hundred um, percent. Okay. Let's get into our next news topic. And that is the SAG Awards 2021. It was on Sunday. Uh, Larry, won't you give us the winners and losers of the SAG Awards? Yes. So the big winner for Best Motion Picture Ensemble was The Trial of the Chicago 7. The Best Male Actor in a Leading Role for a Motion Picture was Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And then we saw a sweep in the leading actor categories as Best Female Actor also went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom for Viola Davis. Then we saw the supporting actor in a motion picture was Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. And female actor in a supporting role went to Yu Jung-yoon from Minari. We also had other winners such as The Crown for Best Ensemble in a Drama Series and Schitt's Creek, I believe, won for Best um, Ensemble in a Comedy Series. So... We kept on rolling, but uh, the big 
newsworthy wins of the night on the film side certainly were in the actress categories for Viola Davis mm-hmm. and Yoo <clears throat> Jung Yoon. <laughs> Uh, listen, I, okay, so I didn't watch the, uh, SAG Awards. I forgot what I was doing. I was doing something, but, um, I didn't watch, but I just know Twitter wasn't a blaze after the, uh, the, you know, the best actress kind of, cause no one knows what's going to happen. And, um, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not too, when it comes to award season, especially after we do our awards, like the big, um, like the podcast awards and you know and all of us are voting and stuff like that and then we do the show I almost I kind of move on from award oh. season and because listen it never plays out I think the last time award season played out to where I was like happy was last year you know yay parasite but I, I then like you know when it came to like winter and green book and bohemians just this year after year it's like something is winning and i'm just like what is going on here and then black people we only win if it's like a slave movie or something like that and i'm just like oh god this is just i always check out when it comes to award season i watch all the movies and then I usually check out when it comes to nominations and stuff because I feel like most of the, the more lesser known films never get an opportunity. Uh, you know, we always giving it to Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins. I'm sure they're. I mean, they were both great, but it's like it's the same stuff. So I I usually always check out when it comes to these awards. Uh, and then this, and this is one of the reasons why. Uh, what outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. The Trial of the Chicago 7. I say every single time when I talk about that movie, I watched it once and forgot about it. Uh, I don't get it. So I guess, Josie, what did you think of the SAG Awards, all the winners and the losers and stuff? I predicted most of these, so I wasn't that surprised, except for, honestly, Gillian Anderson winning for the crown kind of took me by surprise because I was expecting Emma mm-hmm. Corrin considering everyone is in a Princess Diana mood the recently more than ever but that that one took me by surprise but other than that Viola took me by surprise even though I predicted her win still I did not think they would give her the award because a lot of these award shows have been sleeping on her performance recently so yeah. even though she deserves it yeah, even though she deserves it, clearly I was not expecting them to give it to her. Even though, like, I was like, "Yes, Viola," but at the same time, something inside me was like, "I don't know." These people get mm-hmm. picky. Yeah, but, it's yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I I don't know. I wish that the winners we got for leading and supporting at the SAG Awards would mm-hmm. be the ones we would get at the Oscars. I think that would be chef's kiss as one would say oh i agree yeah i agree <laughs> i was about to say this is my dream lineup yeah yes. this is my dream lineup of winners out of the nominees this is the first time the sag awards have ever nom or ever given awards to four people of color in all four individual acting categories for film mm-hmm. uh the only one that i don't want to happen is best picture i do not want trial of no. seven to win uh that's the one that, that we can leave at the sag awards but i will say i don't think it's gonna win and no. maybe like zeus is gonna send a lightning bolt directly at me right now but i mark my words i don't think they won't and i also don't think minari is going to win in my ideal world 
it would be Judas and the Black Messiah because it is in the same time period as Trial of the Chicago 7. And if you're going to award Trial of the Chicago 7 because it is quote-unquote timely, at least give it to Judas and the Black Messiah, which is more unique, more original. Do you know how much I hate words like that when it comes to these awards? It it goes back to the the politics behind it. Even like some of my best friends on Twitter are like film are like awards aficionados. And even I'm like, guys, can we stop? Anytime someone talks about hill hill hillbilly, whatever, I'm just like (laughs) uh and then every time somebody talks about how uh, don't be mad if the so-and-so wins. And I'm like, dude, uh, this is just why I'm like, eh, when it comes to award season. Although, yeah, I agree with you. I I, I agree with you both as far as the uh, uh, Chadwick for best uh, best male actor. Oh, he's Viola Davis. Yeah, I think he, I think the he acting, The actor categories are done. Like we, we, yeah. you can, you can lock those yeah. wins in on your Dana ballot Taylor sheet now. and Chadwick Boseman definitely. They're done. They are they, they've already <laughs> yeah. won. The actresses, not so much, but... The uh, (laughs) the actresses have been so chaotic this entire award season because Andrew Day for the Golden Globe, and then now, like, what is going on? The only one is Vanessa Kirby. She's the only one who hasn't won, like, any sort of precursor award uh, Mm. at this point, so... I think we can discard her at this point. And Frances McDormand, even though I do like her performance, I don't think, like, no, she's not no, going to win. Good. Carrie she Mulligan, can people can name her as an upset, but I honestly, I'm going to say, I, I think Viola's going to win. Hopefully. I, I really hope she does. Well, I also think Viola has the had the best <laughs> had Viola had the best performance out of everyone here. I'm sorry, like you know, I've never been so scared of Coca Cola in my life when I <laughs> saw, how- saw Moraini's Black Bottom. I mean, I she was, was fantastic. She she was honestly no one in this category. Uh, maybe eh, not really, but like she was honestly transformed. Like when when actors go and transform themselves mm-hmm. for, I'm not talking about putting on a prosthetic suit. I'm talking about when when they really go and transform for a role. Um, I really just like when that happens, I'm just like all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, like give it to them. Like one of my biggest snubs, probably because it's my favorite movie. But one of my one of my biggest snubs was uh, was Nightcrawler. And yeah. Josie, was that you who said you didn't like Nightcrawler? Oh, my God. I almost blew it. almost I almost blew a gasket. I said, there's no way. There's no way. So, She's trolling right now. Yeah. I'm no, I'm actually talking about it in another podcast, so I can't give too many details. But at most, I just I like his performance. I'm not gonna say I don't like his performance. I think it was really good. I just my problem with that at the very least should have been nominated for that damn Oscar. Oh, definitely. Like that was a travesty. He was snubbed. He. I I look at this. I look at the golden. Yeah, the Golden Globes don't count. So that that's still a little sad. Uh, I was just I, when I like, saw that. I think I looked at. I, I, I think I looked at your tweet for like ten minutes, and I said, "This is am I in a dream or something?" <laughs> Respect to <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> okay, but at least okay, hear me out. Hear me out. I think uh, the director does get his message across when it comes to like the criticism of like um, media and uh, sense sense sensationalizing media but when it came mm-hmm. to him as a character i think he did a great job and his performance really carries the character i just need a little bit of mo- more motivation i wanted to understand them a little bit more as far i can understand that i i just like 
yeah. listen, you got to realize that Nightcrawler is the movie that brought me into like film Twitter. So I will always have a bias yeah. over Nightcrawler. I don't I care understand. what anyone says. I just I will always have a bias over Nightcrawler. Hannah knows. Everyone knows. Um, but, you know, listen. So he's one of the performances where I was just like, I don't know how you could look at Jake Gyllenhaal, the person, and then see that performance and just not want to nominate him. I just, even if he didn't win, I mean, I'd be angry. But like, what? what? So when I'm looking at this, like. He was, uh, <laughs> he was a little bit too comfortable being unhinged. I mean, great. Just <laughs> thought it was great. Even so, the type of performance. I'm, I mean, because Viola mm-hmm. Davis, you know, she always gets praised for her crying. Or I don't know if she's praised, praised slash, you know, it's a little bit memeable, her like snot, you know, thing that people always comment about. But mm-hmm. we don't get any of that as her as Ma Rainey. Like none of that is present. She has that really impactful like speech moment about, you know, her taking control because they don't care about her outside of that studio. But it just is such a different commanding performance. And I'm hoping because the Academy loves a good transformation too, typically, especially when it's aided by uh, prosthetics. And mm-hmm. she didn't really have prosthetics. She gained <clears throat> weight for her role. Uh, and then, I mean, she had the tooth and the makeup work and stuff. But they do yeah. love to see, one, you playing a true historical person, and two, mm-hmm. you physically, makeup-wise, hair-wise, transform. So I'm hoping that helps carry Viola to this win. <laughs> Yeah, they also love black. Had, they, yeah, they all. They also love black people in that time, but that's that's for another story. But go ahead. Uh, but I think this is even a little bit different because I think she. That's what I like about this role is that it is still dealing with racism. Obviously, it's an August Wilson play, but I think it that does a lot more with Chadwick's character. I think yeah, Viola, at least in the in the film itself. She's, you know, she's very assertive. She's the dominant force of this film in, you know, in as we watch, she's not really going through that pain and such. She tells her story, but I I don't know. I think it would be at least maybe the start of a turning point for a female actress, a black female actress to be winning for this role. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I I think, uh, and, um, as far as you already mentioned, as far as the other awards, you already mentioned uh, ensemble in a drama series, like The Crown, of course. You know, yeah. same I old. Mean, the Crown has been, I've, I haven't watched it, but it's like swept everything this year, so. Yeah. It's usually that like one show that does every year. Like, one Shit's year is like. Also swept Shit's everything. Creek. In one year, it's like Fleabag. And I'm sure when Fleabag gets another season, do the same thing. Uh, I was also really happy for you and you, Jung. Yes. Um, super happy for the nomination. I have been happy watching her to win everything yeah. from the beginning, yes, and I saw that, too. and I'm like, please <laughs> give her the Oscar. She is the only one I want to see win. And some yes. people say like the, uh, her win at the SAG doesn't mean that she's going to like win the Oscar. And I'm like, I don't care. Give it to her. <laughs> but the <laughs> thing is, her, like honestly. looking at the the track record so far again. Uh, none of them won at the Golden Globe. <laughs> none of the mm-hmm. Oscar nominees won the Golden Globe. Maria Bakalova was actually in lead actress at the Golden Globes and still lost to Rosamund Pike in that mm-hmm. category. Yeah, she won the Critics' Choice, but honestly, the Critics' Choice Awards are not that great of an Oscar predictor. Um, no. Not nearly as good as the SAG Awards are. So, uh, I mean, I love you, Glenn Close, but that's a no. Um, I love no, you, Olivia Coleman, no. as well, but it's a no, no. for me right now. <clears throat> no, and I like I, Olivia I, Coleman's oh 
performance in the favorite better than um the father I mean, and she's, she's great, so but... and she's such a supportive awesome like wing woman she mm-hmm. is so like <laughs> kind and vibrant when the other people win and that's i'm just like olivia you truly are a world treasure and we love mm-hmm. you so much uh, <laughs> i do want to highlight you i do want to highlight um I do want to highlight Jason Sudeikis and uh, and Anya Taylor Joy for completely sweeping the uh, the TV stuff. You know, as yeah. far as actors well, and actresses, you know, deserved. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there. I still haven't seen like Ted Lasso, but I, I'm I'm gonna I'll watch it eventually. But Catherine uh, O'Hara swept either. this season too. For yeah. yeah, yeah, Catherine O'Hara for Shit's Creek. Um, I started I started Shit's Creek. It shouldn't finish. <laughs> We do have to say, though, the one thing going against Trial of Chicago 7, which people might think it goes against Nomadland, but Nomadland was not nominated for Best Ensemble, um, mainly because, you know, the ensemble is good, but it's, it's we follow Francis. It's not an ensemble also, film. Yeah. Also, they're mostly real people because it is kind yeah, of a actors. documentary fiction. So there are only two actors in that film. So I think that might have played. I haven't looked into it, but I think that might have been an influence. Yeah. So, so even yeah, yeah. trial didn't beat Nomadland here, so yeah. I don't put much stock in it being able to beat it at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this picture is are right now. <laughs> I, Minari should have won the award, but also, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. Well, Dwayne, we gotta get to your favorite category though. What's my favorite Best stunt performance? Wonder Woman, 1984. Where's Tenet? And why is the trial of Chicago 7 here? What, why what is going is on? News of the world here. Okay. Why is okay. news of the world? So, the trial? Where's Birds so, of Prey? Where is. No, don't so do it, Josie. No, so I think the. I'm just looking for the logic with trial of the Chicago 7 because we had this conversation yeah, with, with the film posers. That's the thing. I think it was because it was an organized movement. And you had to have like probably a lot of people watching over it. You probably had to have police officers blocking off the streets to shoot. So I think that counts as like a stunt performance if you were to see it that way. But that's not give a the world because Tom Hanks jumps off a horse. That got the nominee. <laughs> Just give it an honorable mention. Like news of the world, that's literally what Tom Hanks does. I'm like, yo, uh, Margot is like doing backflips over here. Margot is legit. She learned how to. She learned how to skate, and she's doing this and skating with the car. Yeah, skating with cars. They're doing these like backward. Yeah, Nolan. Nolan crashed a freaking plane. That's what I'm saying. I mean, what is going on? Like the uh, five bloods, you know, I'll give them their due, but they Tenet and Birds of Prey should have been nominated over almost all of these nominees. Agreed. I mean, Mulan, fine, ah, whatever. But like the five bloods, listen, I I can get that one because you had some old yeah, fellas out in like a hundred degree <laughs> weather, and you know that's a stunt, okay, to have these old old black men in this hot weather. <laughs> and stuff man that's a, i'm thinking of like my grandfather just like you know and whatever they were at like that's that's a stunt you have it's Delroy understandable Lindo. lindo's huffing and puffing in this damn forest and stuff like that so <laughs> they deserved it all right I mean, but I'm news not- of the world no, trial. that one I mean, that one is the most baffling, followed by trial. But, I mean, out of these nominees, I'm not mad Wonder Woman 1984 won. But, I mean, it really, Tenet and Birds of Prey I'm really should have been here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy The Mandalorian won its category. 
ass. Yeah, Mandalorian. I think this. I think this. Uh, nomin- these nominees are great for the series. Mandalorian, The Boys, Cobra Kai, Lovecraft Country, Westworld. Fine, you know. And when you get to the movies, I'm like, what is going on? Westworld, Lovecraft Country just got so shafted this award season. It makes me. Oh, so absolutely, mad. yeah. It got the ensemble yeah. nominee, but I'm like, really? Y'all watch Lovecraft Country, and we're not nominating Journey. We're not nominating Journey. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I think it's because it yeah. just. I think it just because there's something about the show. It didn't have like it. It didn't hold when it came to fa- like engagement online and just yeah. intrigue. I guess because even I like we got. We got the screeners, like the first five episodes, right? I watched it, and then I completely forgot that it was, like, still premiering and stuff like that. And then I would see a few people talk about it and review it when, uh, you know, when it was happening on Sundays. I just think it just – they didn't – it wasn't marketed the way they marketed some of their other stuff, you know, I guess, at least to me. And Journey Smollett, like, a whole episode where she's just drawing, like, she's great, and she's got, like, no kind of love this award season at all and stuff, but all the comedies and stuff are here and Ozarks and, you know, the crown and all that stuff. But, um, (laughs) the undoing, I don't know. What do we got to do? Um, okay. So let's get into our last big topic of the day. And that is all the trailers that came out throughout the week slash weekend. Josie, take it away. So we have five trailers to mention today, and the first one's going to be Cruella. So, (laughs) yes. So basically, just to put this out there with the Disney trailers. So since um, releases were changed, release mediums were changed as well, they released these new trailers just to like let you know, hey, this is still coming out. Look at it. You want to see it? Here you go. Um, So Cruella. May 28th, the new release date, and again, promoting that it will be in theaters and Disney Plus premiere access, and the same with Black Widow, again, July 9th, and it's the same thing, just giving you a little bit more of a new look into what's going to be going on, but a lot of it just, again, it just feels recycled. We've already seen so many trailers at this point, but they just want you to know that dates have been changed, Um, the way that you'll be able to view these films have changed as well, so just letting you know that's basically what they're doing and then with loki we had also gotten a trailer already but this time it was accompanied by new images and again release date june 11th Mm -hmm. for loki yeah um uh, yeah the trailers okay so if we're starting with cruella the trailer from today i feel like it was too soon for a new trailer for Cruella. I feel like we just got the other one, but I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm ex- I'm really excited for the movie. Uh, I think I think today's trailer was uh was really good. So, um I'm 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 super excited for this is I don't know something about this movie. It got guys has me really really intrigued. Um it just doesn't look like standard Disney and that just gets me really excited. Uh it's PG-13, so it looks like it's going to be like more kind of uh, you know adult heavy not too much obviously all the avengers movies yeah, just and a bit marvel yeah. yeah you know they're all pg-13 but i just get that you know knowing that one of their you know knowing that they're another property besides star wars and marvel is pg-13 gets me kind of excited of what they're doing with the uh the movie and the movie just looks like very different to what a lot of things yeah. they do so i'm Especially super excited about that 
that um rating is very exciting considering it's not an action film so you're wondering what exactly they're gonna do yeah exactly and like saw more of the dogs this trailer which made me excited (laughs) or dalmatians i I was like oh snap i hope they don't die because jesus oh no listen if that's why it's (laughs) pg-13 then maybe we're gonna have to cancel corella because i (laughs) can't but at the very least watching that trailer (laughs) i'm like even if this movie doesn't turn out to be good this is like tailor-made for the girls, the gays, and the days because, I mean, yes. there's no way that we can outright hate this movie well, already. Me, man. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, is ready. I'm... Like, we, it's going to be a classic in the community. I can feel it. It's just, I mean, Glenn Close is uh, already cool, beloved cool in the community. Um, so, <laughs> plus... Uh, I hate to say this because I did actually love the costume hair and makeup yeah. in uh, Coming to America uh, because I thought that was one of the best aspects of that film. They looked amazing. But can we just lock up the category? If Corella, I mean, <laughs> if it doesn't oh, win best done. costume this is design, this is I don't know, because yeah. already in the trailer, it's too much. There's just too much greatness. It needs to just win it now. <laughs> Even uh, like... Uh, Emma Stone. I'm such a huge fan of Emma Stone. Um, so when when this this always happens when a movie is like announced, I'm just like what? And then they're like, oh, you know, Emma Stone's cast. I'm like, okay, I mean, she's great, but what are they doing a Cruella movie for? And then I see the first trailer and I'm blown away. I'm like, oh my god, this looks right up my alley. I'm super excited. Then they they drop this trailer. Now I don't want any more trailers. I just I want the movie now, yeah. and I'm excited for the movie. All the costumes look great, even when Emma Stone's like in her regular form. Um, looks great. The uh, before just to, she goes super Saiyan. Before yeah, before she goes into <laughs> into like level level ten or whatever. Like she just looks great, and everyone looks great, and the atmosphere, the vibrant colors, and the shots. Uh, man, that shot where she's like, it's the Hunger Games shot of the flame and stuff is looking really good. I'm just the 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 wig with the half half white, half black is looking to me. I'm just super excited for this. And I, when you told when they announced this like two years ago, I was like, dude, we're running out of ideas. I don't know what's going on, but now you look at me, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, give me that Cruella trailer. I mean, I mean, movie immediately. Uh, when's it coming out? Like next month. I hope May twenty fifth. Yeah, May twenty. Oh, oh, next month. Well, I was right. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Emma yeah. Thompson also, also looks fun. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, another Disney property that we I just remembered is Star Wars: The Bad Batch. We also got a trailer for that one, which is premiering on Disney Plus May fourth. There's a lot of Disney Plus stuff, like. I, I feel like we had a whole year. Yeah, because <laughs> real like quick, I, you know I get those emails where they, like, the media relations emails. And I remember yeah, the other yeah. day, it was just, like, every morning at 9 a.m., like, new trailer. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> you, you know, this morning, too, right? Because I got the same thing. And I was just, just chilling in bed. I'm scrolling. And I get an email. It says D- Disney media relations. I'm like, ah, it's, like, something yeah. about Luca or something. And it's, like, new trailer for Cruella. And I'm like, I get oh, I another wish. trailer? I want to see and Luca like, already, but that's another yeah, topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, listen, I'm 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 just a bit excited for uh for Cruella. I think what was the next trailer? I think you spoke about. I believe it was uh, another Disney one, Black Widow. Black Widow. 
Yes. All right, guys. Now I'm gonna switch. I just don't care. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I think the problem the trailer. is that, yeah, because they're trying to release more trailers just to remind you that this is coming out since it's been pushed back so many times. But at this point, <laughs> just release the film. You know what's bad when the trailer comes out and there's no more there's no more numbers. They're like new trailer, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god! It was one of their like their you know unannounced trailers here it is you know 9 a.m in the morning i watched it there's a little girl with blue hair it's like the only new thing in the trailer um i don't know uh larry do you like this trailer i didn't no i mean they literally just reminded you she's dead in this trailer like they literally show her death shots in the trailer well not you know right before she drops to her death um and i just i don't know why they did that like they showed all them clips of all the avengers movies and then they show like her final moment of life (laughs) and i'm like great uh just another reminder of how late (laughs) this movie is it's 10 years too late you're doing this whole feature film on a dead character who has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with moving forward and i mean yeah the action looks like it's well done um Mm -hmm. i'm still not convinced on florence pugh's accent i love her but that accent is still rough to me um i'm sure the next movie she'll lose it she'll lose it the same way elizabeth olsen lost hers (laughs) the way halle berry lost her (laughs) yeah she'll, she'll lose it by the next movie she's in i bet you and I'm here like I'm watching this for Florence Pugh. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I love her. Yeah. I love Rachel Weitz, but she was hardly in it. Yeah. I don't know. It just, and, and it reminds you, I mean, Black Widow died with like zero fanfare too. Like, you yeah. know, they were upset for one second and then they just forgot that Black Widow ever existed. I know in that when Endgame. the trailer came out, a lot of people were mentioning like, oh, another reminder of why Hawkeye should have gone instead. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't. My main problem with this movie is everyone's excuse. I was like, oh, they couldn't do it in 2012 or whatever because of the head of Disney was against it. Ah, fine. But they couldn't do it in like 2016, 17, 18. I'm saying I got two Ant Man movies. Two! And you can't tell me the Ant Man movies are more warranted than the Black Widow one. I got two Ant Man movies, a Doctor Strange movie. Black Widow could have fit in there somewhere. You releasing their movie, her movie, after you killed her, expecting people to care. And I know Hannah's excuse is like, oh, but the trailers are still doing really good. And I'm like, whatever. Like, who cares about what goes on in this movie? Because at the end, it's not like she's returning. I don't know. At, At least with Loki. Okay, he's dead. But at least in Endgame... They, they they established that this is the past Loki, and he took the Tesseract, and you're following that Loki, fine. This Black Widow story took place in the middle of, like, Civil War. That's, like, five years ago. And so I'm just, like, I just don't understand the thought process of expecting audiences to, to care. Um, I don't get it. They did it. They're doing it. She's in here. They start the trailer, like Larry said, with her death. <laughs> and they said, I hope you still care. And audiences will go. The movie will make a lot of money. Whatever. I just, I don't know. The movie, it literally should have been a phase one film. 
phase two at most. Like yeah, I, I mean, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous why it took so long. And I get the head was like sexist and he didn't racist because he's like, oh, you know, no black heroes, whatever. But I'm thinking about okay, when things did get better, when you you announced Black Panther in 2016, you announced Captain Marvel in 2016. Where was Black Widow at that time? You know, it, it it's not like this movie, right? Say it come, it came, wouldn't wouldn't have made sense for this movie to come out right after Civil War. Like the the movie after Civil War, I believe, was Doctor Strange. Hey, who cares? But like th- this movie would have been so much better if this was like the movie after Civil War, because that's where that's where you're follow that's where you're following her. I don't know. Oh. It's just it's just weird. To me. Did you like it, um, Josie? The trailer? Yeah, the trailer. I at this point it's more of the same. I just want the film at this point. Yeah, that was I did like, I'm like Yeah, I did like the ending when they did that shot because it's the typical shot where someone's falling at the sky and it seems very impactful, but what do you think about like aug- what, do we like the augmented Marvel theme song that they use? In the beginning, right? No, at the end, like over the Black Widow, they do like the Marvel theme, but they have it like augmented. So it's it sounds different, what, but it's still that's the, the same thing. Theme. I don't know what they're trying to do with this property, because at this point, as you've mentioned, she's already <laughs> gone. So I don't understand why they it feels like we're like we're witnessing <laughs> the rise and fall of a martyr. And they're trying to make <laughs> it seem like <laughs> bigger than anything else. And I'm like, what is the motive? What drives I you? I agree with I agree with Dwayne that what I loved about this Loki trailer is they made sure to focus in on, look, we know he's dead, but we're, we are following him down what he did in Endgame and no. how that screwed, you know, messed with Marvel's timeline. Yeah. And I think yeah, because that's also, great. That is great. Again, he, he is kind of alive. <laughs> So it's uh-huh. just exploring that because it just for the Loki fans because there are a lot of them out there and, and they're very passionate. Mm. Um, one of my friends <laughs> is one Gabriella, my yeah. co-host. She loves Loki, <laughs> so she will let you know that he is alive because we still have this one. So they're happy, and I think that's why this property is going to do a lot better than Black Widow because again, what's the motive? But with Loki, at least there is a direction. There is a sense of direction. The only direction I get (laughs) surprisingly, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are very excited about Owen Wilson, and I did not like that was not on my bingo card for the Loki trailer. I'm more excited for Google Magot. Like, yes, I love she. Oh, I think they're introducing Lady Lady Loki here. Great. The way the way they showed just a glimpse of her getting into that action, I was like, oh yes, (laughs) Google. Something about the Loki. We'll we'll get right into that because listen, I'm sorry, Black Widow, but this the Loki. I'm super excited. Falcon Winter Soldier. I, I mean, I've I've been on record. Larry knows, <laughs> Hannah knows. It's just it's not. I'm not. I'm not rocking with it. And maybe that's probably the same reason why I'm not really into the Black Widow movie because it looks good. As far as I'm just tired of. I'm tired of hand to hand stuff. Quite frank, like just the, the hand to hand hero. I think it's played by now. Uh, there's so many. If I hear the word super soldier one more time, I might lose it. But I, I'm more. I'm, I'm getting into more of the 
the mythical heroes and the super powered people and the the cosmic stuff and I love me my WandaVision and she's a witch now and stuff and you know and I'm super excited for her future and then Loki we know he's like a character that's not probably going to continue just the show just looks otherworldly and more exciting than what they're ever going to do with this Falcon and Winter Soldier or any or like a Black Widow Black Widow those those that hero is very contained like she's not jumping out of a spaceship or anything like that you know she's jumping out of a plane and that's the that's the limit you know but when it comes to like a low key that has all these powers everyone around him is like super powered and stuff like that i get more excited for for heroes like that and i want to dive into more of those because i don't care about the hawkeye series neither i mean i'm excited for kate bishop because she's new and it's Haley Steinfeld, but I'm in a dog. Everybody's just excited <laughs> for Kate Bishop and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and stuff like that. But even the Hawkeye, what can you really do in that show that's going to really stand out besides, I don't know. So it's like it, it, Miss Marvel I'm excited for because she's a more kind of uh, ridiculous, super-powered um, hero. You know, the, the stretch like limbs and all that stuff is is cool and her comics are great. So yeah, I don't know, but that Loki trailer was fantastic. Uh, what did you guys think of that Loki trailer? Let's start with Larry. Yeah, I loved the Loki trailer. I'm excited we're getting introduced to this like new world, uh, this new mm-hmm. set of people we haven't run into in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to this point. Um, I think it had all of the Loki charisma that you want. It had his good touches of humor sprinkled in throughout and you know loki is just so charismatic that (laughs) it's easy to sell that character but the action looks like a lot of fun as i said i love what they're doing with the story and yeah i know i i'm kind of on the same page i don't dislike falcon and winter soldier as much as Dwayne does um (laughs) and it's just this weird feeling like this because falcon and winter soldier is a series like following characters who are presumably continuing with the series. It is setting up for future Marvel, whereas Loki most likely is not. I mean, yeah, maybe something ripples off of Loki that has some sort of effect on the universe. We don't know. Uh, But more or less, it's a story that is not going to really affect the future but I'm much more excited to just chill with Loki for six weeks (laughs) and watch whatever he's up to. (laughs) So I'm excited and I cannot wait to get to Loki. Me and my new teeth are going to be back on Larry's (laughs) channel for Loki and stuff. Uh, So I'm super excited about that. What was the other ones? I think uh, it was that it was, Oh yeah. The new one from today. Wait, Uh, Did you like it, Josie? I did. We know your co-host liked it. (laughs) Yes, especially for me, it's because I have just been feeling that Loki is going to be more of that WandaVision feel. I'm definitely hoping they continue with that creativity. Um, As per, it'll affect like the MCU. I know Kevin Feige has said that he's trying not to let the TV shows affect the MCU directly. But I mean, there are Easter eggs to what could be happening in Doctor Strange and all those other films. So hopefully Mm -hmm. this is more of that, like... With WandaVision, everyone was super excited during every film. And when it came to that project, I hope that we get more of that when it comes to this film and this show. And I really do think that we will. Josie, how do you feel about Falcon and Winter Soldier? What, what What's your takeaway? Are you into it? Are you pumped? Are you counting down the days for each premiere? 
I'm pretty in the middle. I'm hoping I haven't <clears throat> been as excited for WandaVision. Like I would wake up every morning and each day would be yes. like it's WandaVision time for this one. Yes. It's been more like riding the wave. I've kept my expectations pretty healthy. I knew what I was getting into and so far I have been getting what I was expecting. So I think that's been in my favor. I, I just really lowered my expectation because when it came to Falcon and Winter Soldier, I already knew that this was not going to be like WandaVision. I, Falcon and Winter Soldier is supposed to be pretty straightforward. Yeah. But the thing is that right now I am excited for this week's episode because I am hoping that they start picking it up because we are getting to the season midpoint. And by this point, if nothing happens, I don't have any hope for the rest of the series. I think are we all in? Are we already in this? Yeah, this we're halfway episode? through. I mean, yeah, we're halfway through. So that's why I, I need to pick it up because we're nothing yeah. of interest. They've they've come <laughs> up. Okay, so yeah. I actually have a I actually have a theory with that as far as what's going on. But okay, listen, because this show, listen, how can I? <laughs> uh, okay, how can I say? Um, when it comes when it comes to this show, I, I think I agree with you, uh, Josie, as far as, you know, keeping your expectations really low. I remember when we we did the uh, the last world show we did, it was me, you, and Alex, and you and I was talking about Torres. Vanished off the face of the earth when it came to this show. I haven't seen he him w- since listen. episode, like, one. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. He was in episode on. two, at least, and then in episode three, he wasn't there, and I'm like, where's my boy? <laughs> Vanished. So... When it listen, and and I was going into this, I think, but the pan, but if the pandemic did not happen, this was supposed to be the first show, and I, uh, oof, if this was the first show, I'd be like, bro, what are we doing with this MCU? Like, this is just still by the numbers stuff. Like, can we get this going? This, you know, this is the next phase of like multiverse and all this stuff. This this show is the flag smashers and uh, i just let's go so the fact that wandavision was first it really put the mc at least for me it put the mcu on a, on this level where i was like oh my god they're going full weird full bonkers then the show starts and i and i knew that it was going to be uh, spy espionage and i can fight and Zemo can fight all of a sudden, whatever. I just, I knew it was going to be all that. But still, three episodes in, I just thought I would be more interested. I, I, you cannot, even people who like the show, you cannot tell me that you have anticipation for each episode the way you had for WandaVision. Say it's because of, okay, whatever, it's because of the theories. No, 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 no. Listen, when it was like Monday, I'd be like, bro. Thursday is so far like like, you know like Thursday is so far then it's like Tuesday you're like oh my god we have how many hours Wednesday oh my god tomorrow basically it comes on tomorrow because we're gonna stay up and at the middle of the night I watch Falcon and Winter Soldier whenever I get to it Friday whenever I I get to it there's no rush (laughs) yeah there's no rush the only reason why honestly the only reason why I watch it on Friday is because Hannah and I have to talk about it on Friday night so, it, but if if that wasn't the case, I watched this thing on Sunday, Monday, yeah. maybe just hold off until the season's over and binge yeah. it all. Yeah, the weird it's thing in my comment section. Sorry. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's fine. I was talking about like the future of the MCU. Something weird in my like comment section for the reactions I do with Hannah is 
someone in particular, but it's been more than one person talking about how we focus too much on the story coming to a conclusion. So having like a full story for the series because they're saying, oh, it's all just going to set up. So don't expect all of these things to like, you know, have a wrap up. And that just blows my mind that people, one, have that type of mindset. This is six hours. This is a six-hour miniseries that needs to have a story that develops and comes to a conclusion. It can You cannot just have six hours of setup, first of all. That is nuts. But it's just, I don't know. It's so weird. And I, I know Hannah agrees with me a lot on this. You have the opportunity with these shows to explore things you don't explore in the films. And Mm -hmm. you have Bucky and you have Sam who both have these internal conflicts that we did start to explore in the first episode. I just think it would have been so great, kind of like WandaVision did in its own different way, if we just explored them as people. And we, you know, you can have a villain because you have to have something, some sort of action or something going on. But parse it down. We just have so many storylines and so many characters. Every episode we're introducing to more people. And I really wish the focus was more on Sam and Bucky and them dealing with what they need to deal with. And we've gone so far away from that. And it's a shame because this is a show and a show is given the grace to do that type of thing more freely. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Also, too, and it's like, even the first episode, I was like, oh, this is fine. But one thing that everyone talked about coming from the first episode was how much everyone loved how it focused on these two superheroes' lives, what's going on at home. And Bucky's in therapy, which makes a hundred makes so much sense. And then Sam is, you know, he's struggling with... Being, I th- I like the idea of what they did in the first in the first episode. The idea of listen when you when you left, you were gone for five years, and I had to like pick up any kind of scrap or whatever, and and really survive while you were gone. And I love that because he blipped, and I was like, cool. That's a that's a great kind of way to start this off. And I would you know I'm excited to get see how they can dive into both of these things. Then by episode two or three or whatever, Bucky's therapy is done. You barely see Sam's family. And we're focusing on these flag smashers and Zemo and Sharon's back. And Sharon has to exposition why she's here. And then Zemo has to exposition why he's there. And the flag smashers power brokers and this person and the new captain america who still hasn't murdered someone on board with him and then it's just it's very by the numbers and i mean when i mean by the numbers i mean by the numbers (laughs) like i don't know larry who speaks me but um i don't know what's going on so i think it was are we done with the trailers no space jam was good yeah so we have space jam uh, which is, of course, the sequel to the iconic 1996 film, full title Space Jam, A New Legacy. It'll be 
in theaters and HBO Max July 16th, and it follows NBA superstar LeBron James this time as he teams up with Bugs Bunny and the rest of the Looney Tunes for his long-awaited sequel. And it is directed by Malcolm D. Lee. And the final trailer, before we get into discussions, is Those Who Wish Me Dead, which will have, again, its premiere May 14th in theaters and HBO Max. And this one is rated R. And basically a teenage murderer witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Directed by Taylor Sheridan. Oh, I'm such a big fan of his. Uh, he did Wind River, right? And that's one of my favorite movies of that year. Um, I am excited for that because Angelina Jolie, I always get excited. Hey, welcome. I'm so happy to see you again. Uh, she looks great in this trailer. Uh, Space Jam, I love the trailer. A lot of people gave it a lot of flack. I liked the trailer. I do think WB is going to look at all of our IPs again, the same way they did with Ready Player One. But uh, I, I liked it. sense in Ready Player One, I feel. Yeah, I don't, I just think, uh, yeah. Well, okay, so when I was looking more, I was thinking I was watching Chris's video from the team. 3c films uh when i was looking at his like you know like the the synopsis of how they're going through the warner brothers servers and that's how all the ip are here okay that makes sense but when he is like falling and it's like all these worlds i'm like this is ready player one like legit this is like the opening of ready player one you have the toon world harry potter's world game of thrones uh, Scooby-Doo's, whatever, Flintstones, Kong. Kong's here, Iron Giant's here again. Um, yeah. My only thought, my only my, my only idea, my, not idea, but like thought when I was watching the trailer is what does that have to do with basketball? Because that was the main point of the first movie. What is Iron Giant doing in here? Like, is he going to be slam dunking some balls or something into the hoop and Kong is going to do some slam dunks or something i don't know but um i like the trailer a lot i think lebron james looks fun enough and don Cheadle is actually my favorite part so i'm excited for the trailers larry do you like this trailer what Meh. uh (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know i'm trying to grasp what the heck's going on for anything at least the 90s one was a pretty straightforward type of concept and the looney tunes came to our world so now that he's going into this rando looney world um i'm gonna be interested to see why he becomes human again and isn't animated still while he's in there um because i i didn't understand why he became a human again and why they had to go from being 2d to 3d but we'll see i guess um I don't know, LeBron, we'll see how, I mean, it's not like Michael Jordan was great in Space Jam, let's just be Listen, very clear. Listen, if you're expecting an um, Academy Award winning LeBron know, James, when you're these, not getting it. athletes come on and do this like hokey shtick, oh, God, it can get annoying to me. Malcolm D. Lee is so hit or miss with his filmography and more than not recently, it's been some misses i mean i guess we had girls trip which is great but Hmm. i don't know he has some great ones he has some not so great ones so who knows it it could be fun i hope it's fun but uh, i'm still just meh on it currently (laughs) 
Oh, come on. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Josie, did you like did you like the uh the two trailers we got here today? Well, not today. Um I know the Angelina Jolie one was so, today and then Space Jam's over the weekend. Yeah. Space Jam was a while ago. <laughs> but well yeah. not that far ago. So I guess that says a lot about my reactions to it. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember what I saw, so I'm not as excited for this film, though I will see it. And as for those who wish me dead, I was surprised by it. I think it could be very fun, and it definitely will have an audience for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was shocked. I didn't even know what it was about before clicking on that trailer to watch it for this. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, oh, it's heavy. Angelina Jolie one. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Just hopefully this is fun. Looks dark so, as Taylor Sheridan typically does. So, <laughs> it's a lot going yeah, on. It's gonna for be that. heavy. Uh, yeah, that trailer has a lot going on uh, as far as the um, those who wish me wish me dead one uh, and stuff. But I I'm a huge fan of the director, so I, I think it's gonna be pretty good. And I John Bernthal's getting five minutes. There's no way he's gonna do this whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean, show up and peace out. He's gonna piece up. When I was watching the trailer, I was like, "Oh, yep, that's all one scene, isn't it?" Yeah, <laughs> this whole screen time was in that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. That's all one scene. I know it is. Uh, that trailer was good. Um, okay, let's get into mailbag uh, before we end the show here. If you want to send us a message, uh, mailbag at Cinemania World six one seven five zero six three four zero nine. You can send us questions anytime, any place. Again, just don't call the number, please. I will not answer. It's weird. Okay. All right. This person here says, which movies do you think, like Godzilla vs. Kong, are must-see in theaters? I guess from this year or upcoming. Hmm. What are must-see movies to be, like must-see in theater movies coming out this year? I will say, I think that if you are going to watch, like if you choose to watch Cruella and Black Widow, to watch them in theaters, because I don't think they're going to be worth the $30 price. Oh, so you're just, so you're doing the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, so you're like, okay, it's not HBO Max, and it's not like, you know, free with the subscription. It's like, don't pay the 30 because I think I would agree. I was yeah, going to come here and be like, ah, yeah. Save some money. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I know, because I was like, oh gosh, uh, all of the ones I can think of are like late in the year, like Dune. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, then yeah. again, maybe not. <laughs> Definitely I mean, Dune's Dune. going to be gorgeous. In the Heights. In the Heights. Oh. Ooh, yeah. And yeah, the Heights I, I'm should be seen in theaters. One. Yeah, I want to see that one in theaters for sure. In the Heights. Every time I look at the trailer, it just looks so fantastic. And I want to experience that with an audience. And I know um, it's gonna be so fun. because of representation, um, I know the Latin audience will show up, so I'm super excited. Oh. I, I I love when movies have representation. Uh, one because of course you know as 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 a black critic, it, it's great to see representation on screen. But the other reason is just to ha- it be in a theater with the audience that it was intended for, and I get super excited. Like the couple of times that's happened was for Crazy Rich Asians, uh, like Parasite and stuff it was flooded you know and i love that kind of environment and just atmosphere like coco same thing um so that's one of the main reasons why i'm excited to see in the heights because i just know the representation on screen 
the neighborhood feel of it is going to bring a nice group of people. And I'm super excited to see that. So that'll probably be one of mine. Uh, I I was going to be like, oop. (laughs) Yeah. I I was going to be like, Joe, I was going to, before Josie said what she said, I was just going to be like, yeah, Black Widow and just watch them at home. But then I'm like, damn, they got that price tag on it. Um, Listen. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. If you're gonna, if you're, if you really want to see it, especially like Cruella, I think I might see it in theaters versus paying yeah. for a premiere access because I just, I, I don't got that kind of money to be spending it on a Cruella film. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Although I'm excited, I agree. You know, yeah. I, I agree. I um, yeah, Cruella. I think I'm gonna. I actually do want to see that in like a. I don't think it warrants an IMAX, but I think Cruella warrants a nice Dolby. Nice, uh, you know, nice speakers, comfortable seats, looks good, and stuff. Black Widow, oh, I honestly, most like, honestly, swear to God, we'll probably get a screener for that one, so I'll probably have to skip, you know, I'll probably be able to skip the $30, so we'll see how that one goes. But, um, yeah, uh, Larry, did you have any other ones? Just like Dune and uh, you said In the Heights, I believe. Yeah, I don't. I'm just trying to think. I'm like, Lord have mercy. This year, I don't know. Um, Fast and Furious, hey, you know. I, well, yeah, actually, I would say, if if you're gonna watch Fast and Furious, I think it's a film that will be enhanced by seeing it in a movie theater, like Godzilla. So even if it's good, watching at home, I think it will be better. Uh, or if you're not interested, then I think it would at least be some fun if you watch it in a movie theater uh like spider-man later this year i think is definitely a theater film um the eternals if it actually releases this year <laughs> i don't think it exists quite um far. but we haven't seen anything that's my other thing with marvel i'm like you'd be releasing a million trailers Listen. for black widow can we get a freaking <laughs> screenshot can we just a get first a look something a, a suit Anything like the, Eternals? These toys? Listen. I'm tired of these toys and freaking calendar. I need Eternals now. Ray, I know what they're doing. Your masks. I, I know what they're doing. Get vaccinated if you are eligible. Like, like <laughs> I, 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 I know what they're already. doing. I just, they're waiting. Listen, they're trying to get that best director. I get it. But fuck me. Can I get a a, a set photo? A photo. (laughs) And what's the excuse with Shang-Chi? Like, what is No idea. That's why I'm like, they have released nothing for (laughs) Shang-Chi. They've released like a toy week. (laughs) So we know why they're delaying the trailer, but I'm just hoping the film itself doesn't get delayed. So please, again, wear your mask. Which one, Shang-Chi? No, the Eternals. Eternals, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard that much about Shang-Chi. So right? and it comes out <laughs> yeah, eventually I will be excited for it, especially because the stunt coordinator is the same one for the Kingsman films. Mm-hmm. Great. So also, just get that for free. That's what I know. Please hand out the Blu-ray copies yeah. of Kingsman on the street corner because I'm done. That I'm poor done. movie. Hand <laughs> out the Blu-ray copies. Like, it's too much. It's too much. That that would be a good theater film. Which one? Eternals? Kingsman. Kingsman. Oh, Eternals, yeah. obviously. No question about yeah, it. Yeah. Josie, I don't know about all that. 
I don't know. I, have, I haven't been sold by the trailer yet. Uh, I don't even remember the trailer. So I don't even it's been like forty years. It's been I like barely four remember years. Who's in it. Like, come on. Do you guys realize on? Eternals was supposed to come out last year, and we don't even have a photo? Okay, it's Wonder so- Woman. When Wonder <laughs> Woman was coming out, they had like, okay, here's a photo of her in her gold thing or something. Here's the here's yeah. Cheetah's first look. So here's a clip. More. Please Here's wear, a, wear yeah. your masks. Get vaccinated <laughs> if you are eligible for the vaccine in your area. We don't they want legit, the Eternals to be pushed back. <laughs> they legit said, look at this janky little calendar pic somebody snapped on their phone and be oh happy God, that, for the Eternals. That was a terrible day for Marvel. I was like, What's going on, Marvel? Like... <laughs> You've released one million Black Widow trailers at this point. Can we at least get a still shot? Like, what's going on? Next week, it's going to be new, new trailer, Black Widow. (laughs) The double new trailer. (laughs) Another one. Here you go. Cruella's already getting a second trailer after like a month and... I I agree. I can I get something. I that's why something. I I don't think he I don't think Eternals exist. Quite frankly, I mean I that's how I feel a... with Shang Chi. I posted it. I was like, <laughs> does Shang Chi actually exist, or is this just all a game? Because what's going on? I don't know. And then they have also all the other uh, properties that they have on Disney Plus is this year too. Like Hawkeye and Miss Marvel is still set to come out this year. At least we got some set photos for Hawkeye, Miss Marvel. I mean, you got they had a little. They had they had like that real thing at Investor Day, but when does She Hulk uh, come out next year? She Hulk is next year, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think it's next year. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, one more question before we go off the air. This person here says, "What's your favorite movie you saw in theaters? Meaning atmosphere, crowd, and overall excitement." So I'm I'm assuming this is like a Godzilla versus Kong kind of question. Um. I saw this earlier, and I already have mine, so to give you guys some time, if you want the question again, what's your favorite movie you saw in theaters, meaning atmosphere, crowd, and overall excitement? For me, given everything involved, I will say Avengers Infinity War, not Endgame, because the first time I saw Endgame was in a shitty, and I mean shitty theater, so Infinity War, it was IMAX, it was opening night, it was a packed audience. It was excited people clapping for every little thing. Me and Alex, no one got up to leave. It was incredible. So that'll probably be mine. Um, Larry, anything? I was going to say mine is definitely probably Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. I, was in, I was in IMAX or Dolby, one of the two. I saw it in both. Uh, but our theater just went ham, and it was electric. The atmosphere was insane. The tears were flowing. The cheers mm-hmm. were going. It was awesome. And then the other one was probably The Force Awakens. Uh, Force my Awakens theater was good, yeah. so hyped. Those Star Wars fans went ham for Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, both of those just had such electric experiences. I will say... My Godzilla vs. Kong and even my Raya and the Last Dragon theater experiences recently have been really fun as well. Um, not not as much like actual cheering or yelling, because please don't right now. Uh, <laughs> yelling out in the theater right at this moment. Close your mouth. <laughs> uh, but the clapping and like you could just 
coming out, all of the people talking, seeing all the people just so hyped for Godzilla vs. Kong and IMAX uh, was a lot of fun, too. Um, yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. Force the Star Wars ones was pretty good. Even The Last Jedi uh, going into that one was a lot of fun. I really wanted to say Endgame. I mean, even though there was still a lot of the cheers and happiness and crying, I was just the first experience I will always have at it being at the shitty downtown theater because Alex got called back into work. So we had to redo our times to see it. We saw it at like midnight and it was, it was a mess of a night, but um, I think I had to come to work after Ugh, it's a disaster, but um, yeah, infinity war for me. Uh, Josie, do you have anything as far as the last question? So I'm trying to think of like an experience that's really memorable and i think the only two that can come to mind was so i saw black Klansman twice at the movie theater mm-hmm. but during my second viewing john david washington was there so that was actually pretty cool oh cool oh that's interesting and, yeah and then portrait of a lady on fire i got to see at a film festival and i just remember sobbing and people like when the film ended people walking past me so i guess that's the most memorable for me because i was just sitting there living in the moment <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I just can't wait to. Uh, I still haven't gotten a chance to do Godzilla vs Kong in theaters, and even though, and, and I even still, so yeah, I know, and I even still, I was going to go on Thursday, but then, uh, anyway, I I want to experience that again in a the movie theater so bad. Uh, I still I still think the next time we we really get that kind of feel, as far as big cheers, big moments, big. It just atmosphere. I think it will be Spider-Man three just because of all the surprises that they're doing, even though they're trying so hard to like keep it tight lip and stuff. But I think that is like, because I go back and I don't know how you guys theaters was, but when that J Jonah Jameson cameo came at the post credit, like if you ask Alex, our theater erupted. Like it, it was like, like, so many people like jumped up out of their seats and started clapping when he came on screen uh, in that scene at the end with, uh, you know, with the reveal of like Tom, you know, of Peter Parker's identity. Everyone was going crazy. So I can only imagine the little surprises that we're able to, that we might get with Spider-Man 3. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm excited. But um, all right, everyone, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys all for joining us. Really appreciate it. I'll go around, get everyone's social medias. I will start with Josie. Let everyone know where they can follow you. You can follow me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd, and you can follow the film posers at film posers basically everywhere. All right, and Larry. Yes, you can find me on YouTube as well as Twitter and Instagram, all at LC Screen Talk. All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at Cinemaniac94 and the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinemaniac World. That is it, everyone. I believe tomorrow's show is going to be a review for Voyagers with myself, Larry, and uh, Alyssa. And that'll be cool. And Friday is Cinemania Live with myself and Hannah to talk about that show. And that is it for right now. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Wayne. That was Josie and that was Larry. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.